G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. On a Wednesday, we like to check in on breaking news headlines as they're coming out of Israel and more broadly across the Middle East. Why? Because there are so many things that are connected with the people of God, the nation of Israel, in the biblical events of Scripture. And Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again. Back with us. Hi, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Hey, Ron, let's start with one. An Israeli delegation is disappointed as Jewish agency talks with Russia reach a dead end. What are the headlines saying here? Yeah, the meeting between the Israeli delegation sent to Moscow and Russian officials from the Justice and Foreign Ministries hit a dead end regarding the status of the Jewish agency in Russia. Diplomatic sources familiar with the meeting said the meeting took place on Monday morning between public servants and not with the political echelon that actually makes decisions. Therefore, as expected, the meeting was very technical and discussed legal implications of the Russian privacy law. If there's any chance to advance the issue of the agency in a positive direction, it can now only happen on a diplomatic or political level, the diplomatic source said. Israeli leaders such as President Herzog, alternate Prime Minister Naftali Bennett or Prime Minister Yair Lapid can possibly affect the situation. Herzog hinted that he is involved behind the scenes but would not specify if he was actually in dialogue with the Kremlin. Moscow's Basmani court began considering a lawsuit last Thursday, which was filed by the Russian Justice Ministry concerning the liquidation of the Jewish agency office in Russia. Well, serious relational issues between nations around the Middle East, Ron. Let's touch on another issue, Russia and Syria holding joint drills as Vladimir Putin puts the squeeze on Israel. What's happening here? Yeah, the prophet Jeremiah wrote about an enemy from the north. And right now, Russia seems to fit the bill. The row between Russia and Israel concerning the Jewish agency appears to be triggering Putin's decision to undertake joint drills between the Russia and Syria armed forces. All of this rapid collapse began begs one to wonder whether Putin is just using the conflict over the Jewish agency as an excuse to push Israel into a corner. Perhaps this has been the goal of the Russians the entire time. After all, Putin sees Israel connected to his drive to conquer Ukraine. Religion plays a huge role in Putin's decision-making, and both Kiev and Jerusalem are cradles for the Eastern Orthodox Church. Looking at Russia's behavior as intentional sheds a new light on the current deterioration in the relationship between Israel and Russia. While the PID could be faulted as enabling 
Putin's decisions, the decision appears to be part of his plan to eventually corner Israel into submission. If this is the case, then there may be nothing Israel can do to stop the next stage of the Russia-Israel conflict. Well, Ron, there seems to be threats from every direction around Israel right now. Let's touch on another headline. Iran announces activation of hundreds of new centrifuges hours after U.S. sanctions are revealed. What's happening here? Iran is activating hundreds of new and advanced IR-6 and IR-1 centrifuges to enrich uranium, Behuz Kabalbandi, the spokesperson for the Iranian Atomic Energy Organization, announced. 500 IR-6 machines will be activated over the next 10 to 15 days, according to the announcement. The spokesperson stated that the centrifuges were being activated as part of the strategic action plan to lift sanctions and protect Iranians' national interest and reach a minimum enrichment level of 190,000 separative work units to meet the level of Iran's needs. In a report from December, the Institute for Science and International Security stressed that while that amount is relatively modest from a commercial vantage point, such a program from a nuclear weapons vantage is huge for a country like Iran. Merely installing one-tenth of that capacity of 128,000 per year is sufficient to produce enough weapon-grade uranium for more than one bomb a year. With a sufficient stock of low-enriched uranium, Iran could produce enough weapon-grade uranium for over five atomic weapons per year. The announcement came just hours after the U.S. Department of Treasury announced a list of sanctions against companies used by Iran's Persian Gulf petrochemical industry to sell tens of millions of dollars worth of Iranian petroleum and petrochemical products to East Asia. Uh, Let's go with another layer of threat. Uh, Israel withholding 600 million shekels from the Palestinian Authority over its payments to families of terrorists. What's the story here, Ron? Yeah, the Security Cabinet voted to withhold over a half a billion shekels from the Palestinian Authority on Sunday to offset funds that the Palestinian Authority paid to terrorists and their families in the past year. The 600 million shekels, which is 253 million Australian dollars, that the government voted to freeze will come from tax funds that Israel collects on behalf of the Palestinian Authority. According to Can News, the 600 million shekels would be deducted in monthly instalments over the next year. In 2018, Israel passed a law requiring the government to withhold the equivalent amount of money that the PAS estimated to pay out to Palestinian terrorists and their families. Despite this being required by law, the Security Cabinet must nevertheless vote periodically to re-establish that rule. Here's an interesting one, Ron. Some historic artefacts and souvenirs should never see the light of day. Uh, Controversy around Adolf Hitler's wristwatch selling for 1.1 million US dollars in auction, and that's angered Jewish leaders. It certainly has. A watch gifted to Adolf Hitler on his birthday has sold for 1.1 million US dollars, drawing the ire of Jewish leaders 
against a Maryland auction house that routinely sells controversial memorabilia. Alexander Historical Auctions sold the Huber watch on Thursday as part of a collection that included a dress belonging to Hitler's wife, Eva Braun, and other Nazi items looted from the couple's vacation home in 1945. The sale went on despite protests from Jewish leaders, including 34 who signed an open letter rebuking profiting off items belonging to a genocidal murderer and his supporters. The sale of these items is an abhorrence, wrote Rabbi Menachem Bargolin, who chairs the European Jewish Association. In a statement, he said, there is little to no intrinsic historical value to the vast bulk of the lots on display. The watch is emblazoned with the initials AH and was looted from the dictator's summer home in 1945. And Ron, let's top off today's headlines with one, an interesting one. Scientists have proven God is protecting Israel. What's this article telling us? Yeah, nuclear physicist Gerald Schroeder, a known researcher in the past for the Wiseman Institute at Hebrew University, simply cannot be accused of unscientific thinking. When observing statistics that don't seem all too logical, most of Schroeder's colleagues admit that there was what they called luck involved in the decision-making. The existence of the State of Israel, the fact that there were so few casualties from the Scud missiles shot down on Israel during the Persian Gulf War of 1991, all appear on the surface to be a stroke of luck. Schroeder, however, refuses to call it luck. Luck is just not a scientifically sound term, he said. For nuclear physicists like Schroeder, the real answer is that God is protecting his people. Dr. Schroeder makes the point that many miracles happen in what seems like a very natural manner. The Persian Gulf War in 1991 was an odd war. The states of Israel endured a massive bombing of an enormously powerful missile, the Scud missile, on heavily populated areas. Tel Aviv, for instance, and its surroundings. Not one person was killed from these bombings, though there were some wounded. One man experienced a heart attack, and it's unclear if he was connected to the bombing. One does not need to be a brilliant professor in order to reach the conclusions of Dr. Schroeder. But it's most reassuring when someone of his stature makes it clear that the rational explanations of the occurrences in the modern state of Israel simply don't hold water. And may I recommend if people want to follow that story, they can find that on israelunwired.com. And uh, as we'll say often, and stories every week, Ron, that affirm, yes, God is protecting Israel, and that challenge there before every believer to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because all these threats that you've brought to our attention today in the latest headlines this week are uh, almost unbelievable, but they are there, and uh, somebody's got to deal with those, hopefully with divine wisdom. Ron Ross, thank you so much for a great update once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Have a great day. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.